Hello and welcome to On Air by Yoga for First Responders. I'm Olivia, CEO founder, and with me as always is Eric, my husband, president, and the bearded wonder. Ooh, the bearded wonder. I like this. I'm curious what my intro is going to be each episode. Like that's going to become a thing. Okay, like, what, is is a what is the last piece? Now I have to like figure it out, but uh, if we're actually indeed drinking whiskey, I bet you I'm going to have a really real some real good ones up my sleeve. So we just spoke to Katrina Marsh. She is a yoga teacher in Dixon, California. She was a delight. We had a really fun conversation. My favorite part about her, which is my favorite part about us, <laughs> favorite part about myself, um, is that. Um, she clearly knows her shit. She is a badass boss lady and also is not afraid to have a laugh. So no, Katrina right. is a visionary female entrepreneur who strives to bring love and light to each industry she steps into. And she definitely brought it to our podcast. Yeah, she, she, was, she radiates that. Actually. She does. She has yeah. a beautiful smile. We love her. She is a published author, international speaker, and two-time business owner. Boom, girl. And I mean, come on. She's clearly younger than we are too. So I'm just like, girl, like, yes. Well done. Well done. Like, honestly, well done. Katrina is the founder of Busy Bee Studios, the first and only yoga studio in her city, Dixon, California, which we found out has less than 20,000 people, fewer mm -hmm. than 20,000 people. Right. Busy Bee Studios was opened in 2021, where she has since expanded it twice with the support and growth she has experienced in her town. Through Busy Bee Studios, she strives to share the practice of yoga and strengthen her community in the process. Her dad is a former first responder and sounds like one hell of a guy. And um, my favorite part, again, besides the fact that she is like us, um, <laughs> is, is that she is so intelligent and also understands the fact that if you are going to be brave bringing something new to first responders, it is imperative that you have the skills to do it successfully, effectively, and safely, and which is why she has enrolled in YFFR's bridge course. And so if anyone is on the fence or thinking about it or new to yoga for first responders, and this is your first intro, this would be a great way to understand the importance of that. So without further ado, <laughs> Eric, do you have anything else to say? No, I actually thought that was a really good intro to just start the show. <laughs> okay, let's start the show. Welcome to Yoga for First Responders On Air, where we break down yoga, neuroscience, resilience, and public safety in a manner that's authentic, educational, and most importantly, entertaining and lighthearted. I'm YFFR's founder, Olivia Mead. As a yoga instructor and neuroscience enthusiast, I'm passionate about supporting first responders and anyone looking to improve their overall human performance. Each week, we'll dive into a new topic and often bring on expert guests to share their insights and experiences, but we'll also keep it real and share our own stories and struggles along the way. So whether you're a first responder or seeking to master the science of mental and physical resilience, this podcast is your ultimate guide to triumph over life's challenges with unbreakable strength and unwavering fortitude. By pressing play, your training has begun. How did you, Kat, and us, why yoga first responders, how do we meet? Like, I don't know. What's our, what's our origin story? <laughs> oh, yeah. 
So it's kind of a roundabout in a way. Um, I So I have a yoga studio in Dixon, California, where I'm based. And um, I had a few students send me a post that was um, an account called Solano County uh, First Responder Families. And they were looking for a yoga instructor to teach a class at a space that can fit up to 30 people. And we had recently just expanded. So I was like, that's me. I can do it. And when I saw it was her first responders, I was like, please, like from a personal standpoint, I would love to do this. I haven't heard back from them yet. But um, in the process of kind of uh, looking at what they were all about, I stumbled across um, YFFR. And I think it was, I think they had um, put a post about your guys's program on their account. And so then I kind of stalked your page a little bit. And then I sent a what did I, I sent a DM to your guys' Instagram yeah. and it had an automated response. So I didn't know if anybody was like, I actually saw those messages, but I was like, I don't know if anybody sees these, but I just want to say that this is such an awesome program. I've been like stalking your website and your Instagram and I love what you guys do. Um, and I'm excited to like, see what more you guys have. Um, and then I got a response like pretty quickly that was like, Hey, my name's Jess and uh, I'm the director over here. And she kind of introduced herself. And then we hopped on a zoom call and she kind of told me a little bit more about the program and about the bridge course that's coming out, which is so exciting. Um, So that was kind of like the, the path of me finding you guys and which is awesome. Totally cool. So Dixon, California, just outside of Sacramento, San Francisco corridor area, if the exactly. map that is correct. Yes. And so, I was like, wait, how? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so we have some folks in like Vacaville. Is that close by? Or oh, is that yeah. wrong direction? No, that's close that's by. That's like 10 minutes away, 15 minutes away. Oh yeah. my God. Okay. Yeah, we well, we're going to have to make some great connections with some folks in Vacaville then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So Vacaville has a few studios, actually. Um, Busy Bee, my studio is the only one in our city. Nice. Um, but usually everybody was going to Vacaville prior for yoga or Davis, which is another neighboring city. It's a kind of our college town. Um, so that's where they were going for all their yoga. But I, we're sandwiched between, you know, Sacramento, San Francisco. And then we have all those rural towns, Vacaville, Davis, Winters, Woodlands. Um, that's all near us. Cool. Uh, Vacaville is our two instructors there. One is a dispatcher and one is a police officer. So they're not, um, they're not 200 hour trained. I don't think Lauren is, um, uh, instructors are not, you know, they, we train people. So this is what's interesting about instructor school in person is that we, some people have never touched a yoga mat that have come to our instructor school and they're full on teaching. And the reason that makes it so great actually that they don't have any background they're a clean slate is yeah. we don't have break bad habits you know yep. yeah that, exactly yeah so they always kind of do this like stellar job because we're really teaching like here are the the primary points of yoga teach this and mm-hmm. they don't know that they're supposed to wear lululemon they don't even know that they're I supposed to in quotes uh right. wear mom <laughs> I don't know what these balloons are. Oh, man, but, we got like you got like <laughs> ballooned on that comment. Like, <laughs> I always do hand stuff, and then all of a sudden there are like these new emojis that come up, and they make never have made my hand motion. So it um, perfectly. <laughs> I think so. Balloons celebrate. Um, yeah. So you know what's so cool about connecting with you, and what we're kind of doing almost for the first time 
is we really weren't um, working in like closely with yoga studios, mm-hmm. yoga studio owners. We were the, um, instead of being the first responder community of the yoga world, we're the yoga people of the first responder world, right? So I we like were, it. yeah. So we're working with them um, more than with sort of the the yoga world out here in the West. But the, and kind of your story is why we're making this switch of now including um, the, the yoga world is that there are these requests like you've just seen for your county, you know? There's a need, and, yeah. And folks do want to answer that call. And a lot of times logistically, they may not be able to get to in-person instructor school, but they feel the need to be better trained um, on the cultural competency and you know things yeah. like that. And so I was like, God, we got to figure out a way to reach those, you know, those people too. And I think it's important that we started as the yoga people of the first responder world, rather vice versa, because the credibility we have in public safety is now off the charts. So when we mm-hmm. do start to bring in more and more instructors, uh, you you will have the backing of 10 years of experience of YFFR to, yeah. you know, to support you as you go in. So that's um, incredible. Like, candidate for what we're about to. <laughs> and I'm excited Sweet. about what you said too, at the beginning, um, because I say this oftentimes. So you said you're in a small town between two bigger cities. Like how yeah. big, is, how big is Dixon? Put it on the map for us. Like how many people? Roughly. Oh gosh, you're really pulling out the the fun know. facts of Dixon, and I should know this because I'm growing up here. I got I got it's it pulled just, up for I got it pulled up. For yeah, you. I was gonna say, don't fact check me. How about let's just let's just Google it. Um. Yeah, so the Google so the Google machine the Google machine says less than twenty thousand people. Less than twenty thousand. It's a, it's a small town, yeah. And it was funny because when I first brought yoga to Dixon, we did it as a donation based kind of thing. So I was in a um I was in a mortgage office. Um, and it could fit about four yoga mats. I said six because I was feeling confident, but it really was like four yoga mats and I would stand at the front and I'd give my yoga instruction. You could, you can walk around. It was very small. And we just did it as a donation based thing, um, to kind of get the feel for it because everybody in our town was either like, oh, I already go somewhere for yoga or like, what kind of cult is she bringing into our small town? So I was like, it is, you know, beginner friendly. We are, I didn't throw like Sanskrit in like into any of my classes in the beginning. Like we wouldn't touch on any of the ooey gooey. It would be very like secular, very like exercise based. Mm -hmm. Now we're at this point where we're a growing, we have like this huge new development coming in. We have a lot of Bay Area presence now. We have a lot of people moving into our city, which is amazing. And they're looking for their yoga. Um, But we also have grown with our community where these people that wouldn't touch our advanced classes with a 10 foot pole are now like, yeah, no, we don't need the beginner. What else do you have? And so we're, we're excited to be offering more and more in that range of, you know, whoever's coming into our community, being able to serve them. Yeah. And you even said that I have some questions for you. So go ahead, Eric. Yeah. And you even said, and this is what I really wanted to key into is you said you had requests from f- some first responders. Cause we often get this yeah. conception that like, this is only for, you know, the crunchy people in the big cities, like, right. Right. You know, but first responders I, is what he's trying to say. It's like, 
Right. Like, because when I, I'll give you an example, because when I moved, I started this in Los Angeles. And when I moved to Iowa, a lot of my students, first responder students in Los Angeles were like, oh, well, the coasts, we're cool and we're cool with yoga stuff, but the small Midwest town, you'll never make it. So that's what he's saying is the, mm-hmm. the crunchy. Yeah. And, oh, so, yeah. and so that's what I'm, I'm excited for you and why you can be a great advocate, honestly, is because there's thousands of yoga teachers out there in small towns, 20,000 people less. They're like, oh, my first responders would never even want this. And right. you're, you're, you just said it. The words came out of your mouth. I got requests from my first responders and you're arguably a small town yoga instructor. Like, yes, right. there's a need. There's, an yeah. there's, there's a need. And this is yeah. the thing I always say too, and we can dive into it, but the small town first responders, they need this stuff quite frankly, more than the big city ones. Cause they know everybody yeah. in town. They know everybody that yeah. they're interacting with. So super cool that you built that trust already with your, with that community and they're coming you. to you to you for it so yeah i'm very grateful for the community like even just the the you know leaps we've been able to make we're we're, uh we opened in 2021 so we're fairly new and um just the support from our community the growth that we've been able to receive is all because of the you know the business associations here um the the neighboring business and their owners that will like kind of spread the word about our studio and just kind of like feet on the ground introducing the topic to people that may have thought prior like oh you need to do the splits to do yoga i'm like it's a lot more than that and a lot less than that at the same time (laughs) yeah you're gonna fit in great like everything that we teach you're gonna like totally lock into and to piggyback off of what eric said before i ask you some uh some questions about your bio here um is that you know when eric said they know everyone in town what that means is they're likely to run a call on someone they know mm-hmm. so more than someone in a big city and right. because it's uh small towns might be volunteer or whatever um there's way fewer resources for mental health there's already very few for big cities and big funded departments and there's even less for small town and i just want to put that emphasis there because if any yoga teacher is listening to this and thinks that you know training isn't for them because it won't be received i walked into a very rural fire department when i moved first moved to iowa and they i taught them almost the entire time that i lived there along with the you know city departments as well so you know it's uh they'd be grateful um So, okay, I have a couple questions. It says you're an international speaker and two-time business owner. Can you just tell <laughs> me about Because that's my, uh, that's just speaking my language, baby. Yeah, I, um, so last year I had a book come out and it was a collaborative effort. And um, a lot of like what I speak on and what I wrote about was mainly kind of the formation of my businesses, um, which a lot of it had to do with yoga. Um, but the, I did a talk in Spain in November, um, that was kind of along the lines of what I wrote about as well. Um, and that was at the first ever thrive talks, which is kind of a new, um, women in business, like speaking podium that's starting out and starting to spread globally, which is really exciting. Um, so I was on like the, the beta kind of first run of that. And, um, with the book, um, you know, that I really I push my book and I actually don't like get anything from the sales that book, but I really push it because it really gives like an insightful experience to the formation of my businesses in more ways than one. I kind of start with um, like context about me and my family. And I talk about my dad a lot, who is a retired first responder. 
Um, and then yes. he just opened his own. Yeah, he did. He just opened his own um, uh, EMS consulting business and he's currently based in Texas. Um, but he is somebody that I gained so much inspiration from and some bad habits from. Um, so he was like definitely workaholic. He really struggled with like work-life balance. He experienced a lot of trauma, PTSD um, from his line of work. And I kind of touch on it a little bit, but he deserves volumes of his own books from what he's experienced and what he's gone through and what he's learned and where he is now. So definitely can't do it justice in, in what we're talking with right now. But I talk a lot about him a lot in uh, my book and just kind of say that, you know, when I was growing up, I got these workaholic tendencies because that's what I had adopted. But I didn't realize that, you know, my dad was trying to work through things himself. He's experiencing life for the first time too, which is always something you got to remind yourself. And so yeah. he had to work really hard to get that balance back. He actually practices yoga um, with my mom who, who got me into yoga. Um, and so he's just had this whole transformation as well, which I always like to talk on. Um, so that's kind of like the book, the speaking, and then my two businesses, Busy Bee Studios, and then I also run a media management agency. What? So what's the <laughs> first of all, what was it? What's the name of your book? Women Thrive. It's volume two. It was a collaborative book. So I did it with um, a bunch of women and their stories are incredible. So I'm uh, like so proud to be in that book. But I also had a lot of imposter syndrome right off the back. So I was like, I don't deserve to be in this book with these other incredible women. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And then you said it was a media, media marketing is that what you said? Yeah. So media management and marketing, um, that business I co-own with my business partner, James Young. Um, so he's like the creative mind. And I'm kind of like the logistical administrative mind behind it. So it's a great um, collaboration. And then with that, we do mostly media management and marketing for small businesses. We also work with um, some like branches of like the local governments around here and then um but yeah like mainly small businesses is what we're we're trying to get people online and stay afloat in like this huge shift of you know going from paper marketing to digital marketing but also having a little bit of both and all of that have you ever seen undercover billionaire <laughs> i've oh i think so is it one of those like kind of gag shows where they like put on the wigs no, and everything? no. no i'm thinking of undercover <laughs> boss yes yeah <laughs> similar in some aspects but no um with this with this show it's three billionaires who are given a hundred dollars and an old truck and dropped off in a small town and are like okay make a million dollar business in three months and you have to start with your basic needs like getting a place to stay and all that stuff but anyway mm -hmm. and we're not done with it season two yet so but and so if someone's watching this and doesn't want any spoiler alerts like pause and fast forward but um one of the companies that one of them is working on and we don't know how it turns out yet since we haven't finished um is a, a like a media yeah media marketing company for a mm -hmm. small town and it is make and it's bringing local businesses to this new age of you know marketing yeah. so um yeah so it's funny that you say that and i'll definitely have to check it out because i love that world as well so yeah, you're interested well and it's important it's important too that media marketing how social media is it are, is marketing because we connected through instagram every time that we go to you wouldn't think right. of like cops and firefighters being the ones on like instagram or fire chiefs or police chiefs or whatever but it's without a doubt that when we're doing our instructor school or our training programs 
half the room or more raises their hand because they saw us on social media first. Like yeah. if you're not there, if you're not there, you're, you're, you're not happening. I'm actually curious uh, because since you are in marketing, I'm going to pose this question real quick. I mean, this is what our podcast is folks. You learn, you're going to learn a lot about a lot of things besides yoga and you're going to learn a little bit about that too. Um, one of this marketer in this television show, he actually was saying that the best known business beats the best business every time. The best known business beats the best business every time. And I find that interesting because we have a gold standard business, but yet I, I like to say it's his terrible marketing uh, that almost nobody in the world knows who we are. Because I mean, you look at our socials and we're followed by like, Ten thousand people plus or minus. I mean, out of seven billion. You gotta start people, somewhere. <laughs> I know, I know. But let's be honest: out of seven of billion people. people, out of seven billion people, almost no one knows who we are. Uh, and so, like, we fight that, right? Is like we fight the best being while we are, I will dare to say, the best in this industry. Uh, we may not be the best known, and so that I just caught that really, really caught my eye. So, being somebody yeah. in marketing, what do you think about that? That true? Oh, I, it's definitely true, and and. I wouldn't even just say it's unfortunate. It, I mean, just say. I think that you can be both. Sure. Um, you can be, you know, the best in the business and have the best marketing um, and just be, you know, the golden goose. But I was talking with, so one of um, so the mortgage company that we started our studio in is Almond Tree Mortgage. And the owner, Kirsten, she was a big push for the, the opening of our studio. So she's actually kind of inquired um, with my media side a little bit about starting to run her marketing because she said in her industry, there's been this huge shift where it used to be like 90%, you know, skill and 10% marketing. And now it's like 50-50. If you're not marketing, you're not getting anybody. You can see it with, see it with like real estate agents as well. Mm -hmm. You know, like you, if you don't have an Instagram and you're constantly on there and, you know, you have your makeup done and all this stuff, like that just seems to be like the new norm now for like the real estate world. Um, so yeah, I definitely think, uh, marketing has a big thing to do with any business now. Did you miss out on the YFFR bridge course? There's still a chance to join the frontline of wellness. Dive into yoga for first responders instructor school, April 8th to 12th in Washington, DC. This isn't just training. It's a transformation. Equip yourself to empower our first responders with resilience and strength. Why is this for you? You'll learn job-specific and culturally informed yoga from the best. Connect with a community dedicated to making a difference and master a program that blends physical readiness with mental resilience. Act fast. Seats are limited and they're going quick. Be the change. Embrace this life-changing journey and help bring wellness to our first responders. Your time is now. Visit yogaforfirstresponders.org to secure your spot. Let's make a difference together. Okay, so <laughs> what I'm, 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 I have like three things at once I want to say about that. First of all, I do want to highlight the fact that we met you through socials and media and marketing and everything. And that is how we've only this year have we even put a little bit of money towards boosting posts, you know, like it's all been grassroots. Um, and with the, you know, which says something about how we've, and I feel like you kind of grow one first and then know you have to start taking over the other one. So like we were doing skill, 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 skill. And then we're like, Oh shit, man, we, we gotta like start focusing on. Mm -hmm. And I think this is also kind of tying in 
to this shift that we're making at Yoga for First Responders and the Bridge Course is that there could be some resistance to the fact that, um, you know, in any organization, any company, you mentioned real estate, right? To jump on board with social media and different new um, marketing strategies. For Let's say someone's been in the business of real estate for 30 years. And the stuff they used to do in the past is not working anymore. They have to get Instagram. They have to do reels, all this stuff. And they could be you know, resistant to that. Maybe it doesn't feel that integral to them. But you have to move, go with the flow of how the world's changing, right? Mm-hmm. So with yoga too, you know, I've, and I've definitely felt this way in the past where I was super resistant to a few things because I wanted to keep the integrity of the practice of yoga. But the fact of the matter is, is that if I just ran a tiny little bungalow studio in Rishikesh, I would reach maybe 10 people, you know, and that's where, you know, whatever gifts that I have, whatever gifts you have would, would stop there. So as it's up to us as innovators and business owners to keep our eye open for the new waves of expansion. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so we're always writing this line, or at least I am as, you know, CEO of this company is, okay, what's going to get the word out and make sure we, people receive these important practices and what's going to keep us good and integral at what we do. Right. So Mm -hmm. it's, I'm constantly like balancing that. And um, so with the, with the bridge course being exclusively online, um, I really, I'm going to make it like, she's going to be layered. I'm going to make it simple, of course, and easy to follow and all of that stuff, but it's going to have, you know, content because I don't want to lose that integrity. So what, what's your, what's your hot take from a yoga perspective, from just learning any sort of skill perspective, what's your hot take of online training? Um, okay. So before I touch on that, I think it's important for me to backtrack real quick. So I think marketing is definitely so, so very important and almost, if not definitely necessary. Um, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean that every single business needs to be posting memes on Instagram. So I think marketing comes in a a lot of different layers. I specialize Mm -hmm. in digital, you know, media marketing. Um, so that's why I feel very fluid talking about it. Um, but even on the yoga side, like that's something that's a little difficult too, because like in, you know, being a hairstylist and being able to take a photo of like, here's the hair, it's sometimes like, you don't really want to go into a yoga class and be like, can everybody smile for a selfie real quick? You know, (laughs) like you're trying to create the Zen environment. And you're trying to keep the integrity of what you're offering because if everything becomes a marketing opportunity, that lo- like loses a lot of quality. Um, but marketing is, yeah, exactly. Like, and marketing is collaboration, it's networking, and there's a lot of hands-on things you need to do. I think social media and media in general um, allow for us to connect faster and at a, a larger quantity um but you know sometimes that might be switched out for quality um and then what you were saying about online courses i have to think about that one because when i did teacher trade when i did my yoga teacher training it was actually half and half um because i start i did it in 2020 and so we ran into covid and so the rest of it was virtual 
I feel like it was a quality experience through and through. I really did love being in person. I felt like it was amazing being around those like-minded people, but it was almost more challenging and I got almost a little bit more from it because I had to be, um, I had to motivate myself when we were on lockdown. I had to like continue with it. I had to kind of dig a little deeper because when we're meeting on Zoom, you know, we're doing a lot in those Zoom meetings. So I had to do my homework behind the scenes. And it really kind of weeded out, you know, people that weren't taking it seriously and people that were. Because once you show up, you're kind of forced to be in that environment. But when you're on your own, you're doing virtual classes, you can kind of hide behind a screen, you know, you can check the boxes. So there is a way that you can skate by if your heart's not in it, then that's already going to be shown in your work when you get past your training, if your heart's not in it. But if you're really, if you're, if you're serious about it and it's something that you're passionate about, then whether it's online or in person, you're going to soak up all that information and apply it. That that's a really, really great point. And in fact, like that we already have way, even in the in-person um, training of kind of ways that people will weed themselves out, you know, filter mm-hmm. themselves if, um, because if it's, if there's not enough capacity in your life to commit to completion of this training, there's not going to be enough capacity in your life for the effort that it does take to bring yoga to first responders. I mean, that's just because it it does take effort no matter how much support we give you. So that's absolutely true. And um, I want to shift to your dad. But one thing I do want to say is what's great about you and your being business minded, and this is something I do want to share with anyone who's considering going to our training is our new model. What we used to do is all of our instructors, once they became certified, were contractors for us. So we would set up all of their classes and they would teach them and we would pay them. And it got too overwhelming for our little team. So now we actually modeled after other businesses who do, you know, train train instructors, not necessarily yoga, but just any business Mm -hmm. like that. Heart American Heart Association, for instance, does a model like this too, where you become a licensed instructor and then you do your own thing. We're here to support you, of course, in the background, Mm -hmm. but in terms of making the contracts or agreements with whoever you're teaching, there it is again, the confetti, Um, (laughs) or um, what you charge, what you decide to charge a department, whatever is up to the instructor. We will give Mm -hmm. you best practices. We're here to support. But it's uh, important to know that as someone who is business minded like you are, I think you're going to take that and run with it without a problem. Um, I hope so. so. Yeah, I I know. I know you will. And we're always (laughs) here, folks, anyway. Um, And I'm kind of I want to put this question out there. And I want Eric to be part of this specific discussion because he is a retired firefighter. And, um, you know, Kat, like, the approach that we have with traditional yoga is job specific and culturally informed. So we're applying it to their, you know, job and what we know about the life of a first responder. And we're also taking steps to make sure we are teaching for the culture that's in front of us. Um, Eric's a first responder and your, your dad was, and Eric was, what do you know based on just like knowing your dad I'm curious what you already are assuming might be things to consider um, when teaching first responders. I've thought about this because 
and and my dad is who comes to mind. So I'm interested to go through the training because I want a more well-rounded perspective. Um, because my dad's just a unique, unique dude. <laughs> um, but he, I want to get so, coffee with your dad. It sounds like Harry, frankly, oh, too. Can't wait. Got him way too much. He, he's really my best friend. Uh, we we butt heads so much growing up, and like when I finally moved out of the house, I like this crazy switch where I'm like, wait, actually this guy's kind of cool. <laughs> so we we got a better, got along better once we had our own households, um, which I think can you know be said for a lot of people. <laughs> Two different yeah. roofs is roofs is uh yeah that equals peace. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Good. What is the saying? Like good fences make good neighbors, something like that. Like yeah. it's, it's a whole purpose, yeah. right? Yeah. Same thing. Um, but you know, he's got he's got so many layers to him. And I think something that he had to get out of his head about was that, which is something that I started to implement without knowing it, was like hardening yourself. Like he had become very hardened. And it's hard not to do that with the things that you guys see um and the calls that you respond to. You you're going to get desensitized um to a certain level and i think that he had grown into this persona of like i am a like i'm a man that needs to do this and i have to keep this shield on at all times and he does definitely thinks differently you know he's always like you guys have to you know know where your exits are and we have like a family code word and like all that kind of stuff like he thinks differently and it's been and i've benefited from that from being his daughter um, but he had to kind of start to unravel the layers. He started to, um, go to therapy, which is amazing, you know, practicing yoga, um, things like that and art and just starting to focus a lot more on himself. So mm -hmm. I think, you know, taking that into teaching, you, you would need to like, you need to create a very safe environment that allows people to unravel a little bit. And also kind of probe, like, you know, you don't need to be this hard shell of a human in this classroom, which is already something that I really, really, really try to do. One of um, my favorite instructors, her name is Wendy, and she was a big reason I got certified. Um, she had this way of like making you laugh at yourself. Like, yeah, why am I taking this seriously? There was this one, I talk about this all the time. So if, if somebody's watching from my family, they're gonna be like this story again. Um, but <laughs> There's this class I went to with her and I don't know if she still teaches. I'll have to find her. But um, we were doing like a balancing pose. I think we were doing like dancers pose and everybody was falling. It was a 6 a.m. class balances off. And so we're like really struggling with this balancing pose, just the whole class. So she's like, OK, you guys like soften your faces, like relax a little bit. It's not that serious. And so she's like, OK, everybody just just come out of it. Come back on your mat. And so like I was like, OK, and she's like, all right, like super serious. All right. Practice your arms lay your fingers, like push out your palms, really point out your elbows. You like tense up every muscle in your body and we're like, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. And she's so like, now turn to the person next to you and give them a double high five. All right, get out of your head. Let's get back to it. <laughs> okay, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And I yeah, think, and I mean, that was all great points totally in line with what we do yeah go ahead Eric. yeah and i was gonna say i think it's really it, it is valuable uh having that family experience of being around somebody that is in public safety right you saw kind of the tr transformation that public safety t took on your dad for example and it's the common story i mean i felt it when i was on the job my dad was a firefighter you could kind of see it uh, across him you can talk anybody that you talk to in the public safety world will kind of 
will acknowledge exactly what you just said, which then makes you valuable because you're coming from that personal spot, that spot of personal resource that says, oh, I've seen this in my own family and this is how we're going to work through that together. Like, yeah. and I really liked that you said that like, we can drop this little bit of these nuggets of wisdom in there too. Like this is a spot where like, you can just be you. Like one of the thing, one of our ground rules that we try to do really well is try to keep the classes just first responders so that that mm-hmm. does create that super safe space because a lot of these men and women are going to feel weird going to a yoga class for the first time, quite frankly. And so they're not used to being out of control and in a weird, weird quote unquote spot uh, in their life. They're used to taking control and taking command. And so it's very, very off-putting for them to put themselves in that scenario. And the fact that you've got that sense of humor that was weaving through as well, like when Olivia first started teaching at my fire department, for example, like humor is a huge part of it because that's one of our coping mechanisms. I mean, I'm sure you've heard your dad's share jokes that are probably inappropriate. And if he didn't share with you, he did with his (laughs) color. I have to give a disclaimer when people meet him. (laughs) Yeah, like exactly. if he says something that offends you, he doesn't mean it. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, totally. But and so and so that's part of it too. Like, because at the end of the day, humor is such a valuable tool to open up uh, us as human beings. And I do a lot of breath coaching and you do as well as being a, a yoga instructor. And one of the things that I one of the things I really, really, really like is that the best breath work you can possibly do is laughter. Uh, because of all of the hormones that come along with it. And so to find those moments, like this is, listen, y'all have way harder jobs. This is literally yoga class. Like get out of your own, get out of your own way and let's just like get to work. (laughs) Then you know, and we know, we all know because we do. So I am a 200 hour trained instructor as well. uh, That by doing the work of yoga in and of it itself is going to peel away those layers and allow those people to open up some of that stress and trauma that they've been carrying around for so long, which is what makes them harden up. But doing this practice and having teachers that are willing to learn more and become more culturally informed like you are is exactly how, why this is working. It's exactly why it's working. And so uh, super cool. And I'm excited uh, that you're already tapping into those kinds of things without um, going through a course. Yeah, I'm excited to go Some, through the course. I want to highlight that you said that's important is you recognize the the hardening, right? And you also said, and it's something that they do need for what they see. And I really want to emphasize that because what we're not doing is asking them to not have that protective shield on. Because again, you do. If you're going to see something that you know, you, it can't penetrate your heart. Otherwise you're not going to last very long. Okay. So we also, that's part of being culturally informed is we always tell our instructors, you are not trying to change anybody. You're not trying to say you should be different than what you're doing, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's a, one of our neuro resets. So instead of meditation, we call it neurological reset or neuro reset. And one of the neuro resets is a, a written out, almost like yoga nidra style called Iron Heart. And um, we have them feel this like slab of cement weight that protects them. And we coach them in taking it off in a safe environment, going through a bit of processing, and then mindfully putting it back on with the intention now that it's not suffocating you, it's protecting you. You know, so we are um, 
you know, approaching that truth about being in public safety from a place of respect that we have to respect the fact that they have to wear this, you know, invisible armor to get through it, but that they do have the power to take it off when they want to take it off. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, exactly. The other thing is I used to uh, teach our protocol with this metaphor, but apparently it was like, I didn't explain it really, really well. So we changed the metaphor. But I used to explain it as if the breath work was opening up the key to the house. The physical drills, which the asana, right, is cleaning the house. And then the neuro reset or the meditation is locking the door behind you when you leave. So in yoga class, you get to go in there and clean up all the crap from what you've seen mm-hmm. and then close and lock the door to keep it safe as you leave the yoga mat. And everyone would kind of look at me cross, so I kind of let that metaphor go, but it kind of, uh, you know. Yeah, in this moment, right here, it makes a lot of sense. So it's just (laughs) timing. I'm taking things too seriously. I was definitely taking myself too seriously when I was first doing instructor schools, and I would, like, have a beautiful mind, like, this map up, like, this is how you do it. And then I simplified everything. The like yes. you know everything down to the breath cues and the transitions. Yes. Oh, I was taking seriously, you know, and and what I found is if we are just direct and simple, it lands better. So um, yeah, so maybe I've learned learned a yeah. thing or two. I was I was just telling this story this morning, but I had to learn very quickly that yoga, which you'd think it kind of would just come with the training, but you really got to flow. You got to go with the flow. Because yeah. when I taught my very first class, I planned this class out just so incredibly deep. I spent hours and because I was like, this is my first class. And yeah. so I, I don't know even what I was thinking at this point, but for my first ever class, I decided I wanted to do this big ladder sequence that built up to wheel. And so I was like, I wanted this to be so special and amazing. And in my beginner community, I was like, I wanted to, you know. Uh, I learned very fast. Um, and then in walks a lady who was in her third trimester. And I was like, we're not doing wheel today. Okay, we're doing something else. So yeah. I was like, all right, we're throwing that out the window. I ended up doing something else completely. I was so nervous the whole time because I was like, this is not what I had planned. And then afterwards, I got, you know, such great feedback. I was like, really? <laughs> I feel like so, everyone yeah. in the class is a traumatic event. Like, yeah. I can remember i also remember my, i remember my aunt came and i was like oh, is this right and then also like early on in my yoga teaching career i remember i left i taught at like a equinox gym in new york and i taught it down on wall street and it was like big scary bankers and oh, wow. um left and i was like i totally forgot one side i totally forgot to do one side oh, i'm not the best. Like, <laughs> you know and but, but listen like again it's once we when you get the lefts and rights, like there's just, it's, you got to think about so much. There's so much that's going through your brain. And especially if you do any kind of, um, like I started doing a certain kind of flow where you're doing, um, we, we do one part over and over again, then we do another part over and over again. And then at the end, we kind of have this yoga recital where it's, we're going through all the flows. Um, <laughs> and I it's, I, I always say it's like, this is like our final yoga dance. And so then we're like, we would go through it at the end. And I had somebody afterwards, I was like, how do you remember everything we did the entire class for our final yoga dance? And I was like, 
you know what? It, it comes very naturally when you're teaching it, but like then when you have to give yourself a little grace when you forget your lefts and rights. You know? <laughs> I'm, there's a lot going on. I'll be like, did I do the left or the right? Left. Okay, great. Now, or I'll say to them, yeah. do the other side. Like, you know, I'll yeah. leave it. I'll leave it up to them. That's my fail safe. I was like, what foot are we on? Just do the other yeah. side. Whatever foot you're really? on. I might. I have a horror story or yeah, it was a horror story. I have a horror story as well. I was teaching in during COVID. So I was teaching via zoom. Uh, oh taught God. a wonderful, taught a wonderful class. But I have to tell my point of view of this when you're taught, taught a wonderful class. Oh, excited. And this is a group of first responders, right? From all over the country We're doing free classes via zoom for whoever wanted to join. And I got to them into what we, like what Olivia said, neurological reset. It's Shavasana at the end. We don't use Sanskrit and prior protocol just to make it very easy and accessible mm. for, for first responders to join us. So exactly. during, during neuro reset at the end, I'm in this moment where it's just like a few minutes of like this meditation that they're working on on their own. And, and everybody, Zoom, everybody's I, out, like everybody's down, like down, right? And the Zoom link shuts off like you can't pull them out of it because like you can't get back into the class because like the class just ends via zoom like zoom just is like meeting over end they're on so, the ground like we can't right? be like hey, guys like log back in no right so it's just like okay um and so i was like i was waiting for people to be like three hours later like i'm imagining them in their house or in the firehouse or whatever like three hours later like did he forget about us like they fell asleep waking up from something. our impromptu nap <laughs> right yeah totally and so like it just was like well i hope for the best they all come out of this on their own it's just like, well, hi, fuck it. We cracked did, a beer. did you ever hear from any of them where they're like oh yeah i noticed eventually <laughs> I think a couple of them yeah. did say like, oh, that was a really long or I don't know. My <laughs> view of this all was that I was being his model student, like model student. I was being his whatever demo. And that's how we typically actually do with our with video stuff is that you, the teacher's actually behind the screen talking and you're seeing the student. So he's teaching. And honestly, it was like a really great class. I was like taking the class. I was like in it. And pacing was great. Everything was great. And I'm in neuro reset. And all of a sudden, all I know is that he went from being a great teacher to a shitty teacher because he was like, <laughs> all right, just fucking get up, like whatever. And I was like, and then he looked at me and said, the Zoom went off. So I thought, because I, I thought he was just telling everyone like, fuck it, get up, you know? And I was like, what the hell? But he was just saying to me like, and get up. <laughs> like, I'm so pissed. Oh I couldn't even imagine from your point of view, you're like, oh, me oh okay, yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> you no. Know? And then I was like, what? So um, yeah, there are You didn't mean it. Oh <laughs> stories are hysterical. And I've been teaching for over 20 years and I still can trip over things. We try to remind our instructors when they're teaching that just teach the essence of what you know. We're not we're not here to put on a, a show where you have to be, you know perfect and right. um, again yeah. I'm 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 actually really impressed by the fact that after five days we have folks really owning the space as they teach which I know even after 200 hours you still feel like you're gonna shit your pants when you go teach so <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty impressed um I want to tell a quick little story about what about you were talking about your dad we were like oh sorry he didn't mean to say that and you know just oh, yeah. inappropriateness Please. Like safety um, and how humor is part of everything. 
And this actually goes in with adaptability. And one thing I wanted to say, what I'm noticing about you, Kat, is that you are very adaptable and that's one of our core values. So you're going to fit in great. And adaptability is definitely something our instructors need to have and a sense of humor. So I'm actually teaching for Eric's department. I'm not going to say who these people, I'm not going to say their names, but um, they were in Baby Cobra and they were lifting their pelvis couple one guy one guy specifically was like lifting his pelvis off the floor like uh-huh. this and i was trying to explain to him to get his hip bones press your hip bones against the floor to you know to strengthen your low back and the tops of your feet and he just was not getting his hips and i was like hip support hip bones front not your back front and then the guy next to him turns to him and says, we'll call him John. John, it's where your dick is. And then he was like, oh, okay. And like pressed his pelvis. (laughs) Alignment was like perfect. And I was like, well, that did the trick, you know? Oh my God. I was just talking with a teacher and we're like, and I'm getting to the point where I feel like, you know, with my regulars specifically, I feel like I could be a little more fluent. But when I was first starting to teach, I was like, it's, instructors use all this flowery language and I love it and I really like makes me think sometimes but sometimes I just want to be like you know down dog point your butt to the ceiling like turn your ass up <laughs> nice. exactly how we teach oh my god yeah, literally where we have to and this is what I mean by taking people out of their bad habits right because mm-hmm. when we get yoga instructors uh, you know 200 hour plus or whatever at our instructor school they'll try to come with like this poetry for downward facing dog and I'm like, what can we say instead? You know, and it's like, yeah, point your ass up at the ceiling. <laughs> and you don't have to make it into Nobody's this- confusing that. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's and- pointing an elbow up. <laughs> yeah. And your cops and firefighters are going to love it because they're like, oh, yeah, I get that. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I can totally see that being a way more reciprocated way of, you know, teaching totally. in that realm. Let me tell you something. I had a yoga teacher who was all, you know, floaty, floaty, like flowery. And then I literally saw her give someone the finger on the road, like after class. So We're spiritual gangsters. Is <laughs> like whoever's talking about like your starlit heart, you're being fake. Okay. Yeah. Because we you're all still a human. <laughs> taxes. We all hate it. We all get uh-huh. like don't come at me with your, you know, whatever, like let's yeah. keep. So I think that's like the number one thing is we just come at it. it. This is the reality. The realness is neuroscience. The realness is data. And we come with the Eastern and Western science of yoga. We come with the numbers, we come with the data and that's what we come with, with direct, you know, just direct cues, direct coaching. Yeah. And uh, I think that's like, you know, one of the many ways that people can feel like this is actually training and not yeah. something that's supposed to, you know, I don't know, ask them to do something that's literally not possible for them on any level. Yeah. You know? It's very refreshing. Like this is, this is very refreshing because, you know, when I teach, I do fall into those habits of wanting to like create the flowery environment. But I realize, like when you kind of break people out of their bubble with like real talk, that is doing a lot more than skirting around the edges and letting them come to their own conclusions all the time. And right. like, you know, I will definitely have some of those like ooey gooey classes where, you know, I feel like people can really just kind of dissolve into them. But I feel like you have to have a mixture 
and you have to break that up and still kind of show who you are because I get that all the time. Like, you know, I think, you know, it goes along with the idea of like, oh, you don't look like you're a yoga instructor. I mean, I feel like I kind of fit the stereotype for a yoga instructor, but I mean, I, I, I still go out to the bars. I still drink, you know, I still, I still have fun and do my thing. And yeah. so every, I always got in my head when I would, you know, our, our town is small. We have like two bars here. I go out to a bar and when we first started the studio, I was like, oh my gosh, like I can't have a studio. I can't have a student see me drinking, you know, like God forbid they think that I am not, I'm a human. Right. <laughs> Dude. I was teaching in New York and there and many years ago and I was single and one of my students asked me out on a date and he asked me if I wanted to go get tea. <laughs> I was like, no bitch. I was like, I was like, I was like, if for a martini, then maybe, but like, it was just like a martini. Yes. <laughs> Fun. Anyway, well, the Eric and I bonded because over this, we like the same whiskey. So yeah. we were like, <laughs> so this is begging the question. This is one of the, like I said, like we said at the beginning, we usually have cocktails as we're drinking. We're drinking coffee for some reason. You said you'd bring a roadie along. So I would what's, have. What's I the drink of choice? I mean, Olivia was just going to share that we are whiskey people. So we bonded over that. I... So what's the drink of choice? I am a dirty martini gal. That is my drink of choice. And I also have gotten into the habit because if you go somewhere and you order martini, they're going to give it to you up and they're going to give it into the stem glass. And so sometimes I'll be like a, a discreet martini drinker and I'll get in like a bucket glass and everything. But I really do just love the drink. <laughs> so I make about home the blue cheese stuffed olives. Yes. Oh, I found this pepper martini that a local distillery does. So it's, um, mm. and I put a, a, I don't do them dirty, but I do a twist of lemon and then mm. like blue cheese, olive. Woo. Oh, yeah. That's say, my Olivia, drink. In person. Olivia, took it, Olivia drink. took it so far that like, she's even pickled her own like tomatoes and stuff to put in her martini. Me too. Yes. Oh, I'm yeah. a pickler. <laughs> <laughs> martinis to have those those little pickled you know little tomatoes yes. i started a garden mm -hmm. able to pick the green tomatoes to pickle them for my martinis like yes uh, i'm starting a little herb garden myself but oh. one of my biggest things was i love pickling i love pickling everything it's yeah. been a weird phase i'm going through right now i don't think it's a phase <laughs> anymore it might be a problem um but i i pickled uh cauliflower i pickled avocado wouldn't recommend that one it tasted like garbanzo beans. So if you do, just think of garbanzo beans and it tastes just like it. Um, but yeah, I'm a big pickler. <laughs> you start pickling things. And also when you get bangs cut, like I did yesterday, people start asking if you're okay. Like, listen, are, are listen okay? I, I had, I literally asked. You smell so, like brine. <laughs> right? So, uh, we, so, since we're going off the rails for a minute, uh, which is <laughs> typical for the show the she comes home from getting a haircut yesterday and she's like i asked my stylist for bangs and she didn't cut them in enough i think i'm going to cut them more in and i looked at her i was like do we need to have a conversation first like is are we going through something <laughs> cutting that, like, your hair <laughs> and bangs nonetheless like because there's that everyone goes through it <laughs> yeah. i also use my toy poodle not my toy poodle my dog which is a toy poodle's uh -huh. shear to cut my bangs whatever you got on hand you know Listen, what my, my sister cut her own bangs and they actually look pretty dang good and i would i i don't trust myself with scissors that close to my face um but i'll probably get there eventually i like to do my own eyebrows too so you know oh, yes i like to live That's on the 
on the dangerous side. Um, okay, to bring it back, I'm curious when, well, two things. I want to say that I am so happy when I meet yoga instructors who know that we're all still students and that we we never know enough and we're, we always need to learn. And so for you to be like, oh, I want to do this and I need education around it, like, I would take your yoga class. You know, I would, I would know I have something to learn from you too. So that's super important. And I love meeting people like that. Um, when you imagine, so, you know, everyone, Kat has not taken our course yet. So we haven't painted the picture of what this could look like or what, you know, our instructors can offer, et cetera. But from the side, the side you're on now, which is before you jump into the course, what would be your best like, what are you imagining this could be for you in your town? What would be your ideal scenario as you're a certified licensed YFFR instructor? All right. What would this look like for you? Oh, yes. Okay. So I have made a big switch in myself and my business this year. Um, I've always kind of been focused around this, but I'm very um, passionate about my community and whether that's building my own community that's people from everywhere, or if it's the Dixon community, I just love people. And so uh, my biggest hope for running or, you know, being a trained yoga for first responders instructor would be to be able to provide this to my own community, first and foremost. Um, I actually, as soon as I got off the uh, meeting with Jess, I had, um, I went to our city's state of the city address, which was like this meeting with the mayor and the chief of police were there and everybody's there. And so afterwards, I went and actually like introduced myself to the chief of police. His name's Robert Thompson. And I was like, hey, this might be a little premature, but um, I th I'm thinking of, you know, doing this course. And I'm wondering, you know, do you guys have anything like yoga related in your department already? And he's like, no, but, you know, we'd definitely be willing to look at that, like send me over some information. So like I'm, I'm already trying to lay the seeds of creating this kind of community, you know, the yoga for first responders community in the Dixon community. Um, but also being able to fill a need wherever that is in my area, um, whether that's virtual and can be anywhere or if that's in surrounding cities. So that's what that's what my hope is. You are doing yeah, it. Dude. You this is you're way ahead of it. Having going straight up to the chief and talking to them. That's exactly what I did back in the day, pounding the pavement. And that's amazing. And part of certification is teaching five YFFR classes and you can teach them to anyone, but we recommend going to the department and be like, Hey, I have to teach these five classes for my certification. Would you guys do me a solid and be my students? Like, right. ask, and, and then, then hook them in. <laughs> then they realize, wait, this is amazing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So you're already and, out of the game. And so then you said yeah. too, in that dream of the ideal world is like, actually not even the ideal world. You did this. You said, Hey, great. I'll send you some more information. So this is where Olivia was saying is like, as an organization, we have, once people become certified, we have all those resources. So there's already basically uh, a kit that we call a buy-in kit that goes through the science about what you're going to teach, why you're going to teach it that way, how we approach it oh, so that it's incredible. job specific and culturally informed so that you as an instructor don't have to come up with any of that. You literally go to your resource, uh, your toolkit as we call it and you say oh i want some resources for a police chief and you download the pdf and send it to him like oh, so it's all that's incredible i was already trying to think about like how i'm gonna create like a little pitch for him he's he was a very cool guy so i yeah. think he would you know would have just sat down and chat but um i want to be able to provide you now so i mean so we'll definitely give you whatever you need now yeah. but yeah as eric said um 
the instructor toolkit is filled with marketing stuff, which I'm sure you could tell us where we need to improve on. That. <laughs> um, but, you know, curricula, like everything that you need is in there. So all you have to do is come in and float on a cloud and teach. You don't have to worry yeah. about all other shit. Uh -huh. done it for you. The hardest part is honestly that initial conversation, like, hey, I'm providing this service. Is this something that your men and women would be interested in? And mm -hmm. if the answer is like, yeah, great, I'll send you great, I'll send you more information, then everything's there. So literally it's that question. So what I'm trying to do is say is like, fantastic job on you for already doing that. <laughs> for other yoga instructors and teachers across the country that are like, oh, I don't know if this is for me or not. Literally the hardest part of it is that first question. Yeah, you know? I had to learn, I'm a big planner. And so I had to make a shift in myself to become more of like a doer and not just a sayer um, because I would have all these plans and do all these things kind of like with my first yoga class. I didn't schedule it for so long and like I didn't, you know, plan it for so long. And then when I finally was like, okay, you know, I'm going to do it, still planned a little bit more. And then I finally just had to pull the trigger and I had to do it. And so um, that my, you know, shift this year, which I'd be more involved with my community that was just kind of like one of the things I'm really trying to connect with everybody, you know, in this town and beyond. Um, so I was excited. I honestly was like, I wanted to introduce myself to him prior, but you guys kind of gave me that avenue to be like, Hey, I'm a yoga instructor. Um, also I have something that you might like. <laughs> well, that's exactly it. And so for anyone who's listening to like, that's exactly the opener is I want to go to this training, um, here's what it's about. It's, you know, it's data, you know, there's evidence backed, you know, protocol. Like, would you be, if I go to this training, would you be interested? I mean, it is a great, um, I think for someone in, in command staff, they don't want to think of the idea themselves. They want you to say, yeah. here it is, you know, Give and so I key option. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, to close out, do you have any burning question for Eric or me about anything at all from cocktails to fire experience for Eric to teaching experience for me, anything at all. Yeah. I mean, I would love, I kind of want like your guys' stories with us. I like, this is the first time we're kind of getting to chat because, yeah. and I, and I know you guys are certified instructors, you're a firefighter. So like, what was your guys' meeting story? And, and excuse me, I have to um, plug in my computer. I all yeah, of a sudden no. decided to want to try and die on me. So my background is changing. <laughs> um, but I would love your guys' like origination story. Like how we met as a met met? Maybe met met and then, you know, how that translated to YFFR. Yeah. So, so YFFR, I love to say that YFFR predates us. It's all her idea. Like she started this before we met. I'm just yeah, going to put that so up there because that's an important piece. I'll start take you up to the moment I've met Eric. So um, I've been a yoga teacher since 2003. <laughs> so I was, I was about to say 2013 because I felt no that was stuff. a long time ago. And then I was like, oh no, it's even longer. So 2003, um, I was a professional dancer in New York and, you know, I did taught yoga on the side, et cetera, et cetera. And in 2013, I was living in Los Angeles. I was teaching yoga at a Beverly Hills studio and was over the fact that branding and marketing and, you know, that the branding of Beverly Hills yoga outweighed the the content of the the yoga and the class itself. I really wanted to teach yoga and they were worried about how short my shorts were and the playlist and 
Um, I was just mm-hmm. sick of it. I was over it and I didn't, it grossed me out and I didn't like it. So I was like, okay, who can, well, this was actually before 2013 first was who, who needs yoga. And I was still teaching at studios at this time, but who needs yoga desperately and who would be really wants the authentic practice of it. And at that point, as it still is now, but the consciousness of veterans and, you know, how much post-traumatic stress they have, suicide rates, that was really getting more known publicly. And so I went to get trained in how to teach yoga to veterans with post-traumatic stress. That's where I, what I was doing at first was very strict, you know, trauma sensitive yoga training. I was teaching in the VAs, et cetera. And, um, then I was actually on the phone with my mom. I was in living in Los Angeles. I was working for a yoga magazine and uh, a fire truck went by. And I said to my mom, like, okay, hold on. There's a fire truck. And she actually said to me, what about first responders? And I kind of had, I fell into the trap that most people fall into is they don't think about first responders because you call 911 and they're going to show up no matter what, regardless. So you don't even think about supporting them because you don't think that it's important to invest in them. You just don't think about it. And the thing about veterans is that I was teaching people who were no longer active or they were coming back from deployment or they had diagnosed post-traumatic stress, whatever, but it was their, their active duty was done and they're on the other side of it and we're processing the stress and bringing them, acclimating them back into civilian life. But it all, it hit me like a ton of bricks that a first responder goes into their own war zone every day, not knowing what that will look like. And then they have to go home to a family who needs them as well and back and forth and back and forth, um, you know, for a 30 year career. And I was like, holy shit. Okay, well, I need to get trained in how to teach to first responders appropriately. So I Googled yoga for first responders. Nothing came up. So I couldn't ignore it. I was like, well, I guess I have to make this happen. So I contacted Los Angeles Fire Department and it was kismet that I got a hold of the right person, the department psychologist um, who uh, knew that you know, yoga would be great for them, but also knew that alpha males probably wouldn't latch on to it. And I told him my experience teaching veterans and military. So I can, the way I teach is kind of militant anyway, because I was taught in a very traditional way or trained in a very different uh, traditional way. So when I started teaching at Los Angeles fire department twice a week, um, I realized that how I was approaching veterans was not appropriate for approaching first responders who are still interesting. It's a two different, there's some overlap, but you know, it needed a different approach. Probably that hardening that you were talking about that kind of like lock up after you isn't something that you would probably replicate for veterans, right? Well, exactly. And the fact that, yeah, they're still active. And also there's, we can't simply regulate, regulate, regulate. They have to go back into an activation. So they actually need to train their nervous system how to be in activation as well as regulate. So um, what I did to tailor it was over several years um, with ride-alongs, with talking to people, 
I started to go, <clears throat> I started to teach in a fire academy and a police academy. So I started teaching for the Los Angeles Police Department as well. I moved to Iowa, started teaching for the departments there, taught in a fire academy, police academy, and they asked if I wanted to join the recruits and go through the, some classes in the academy to familiarize wow. myself. And so I did, which I can't even imagine doing now. Um, and I learned Brutal. so much about how the job specific application. One of our instructors, who's a retired a Chicago Police Department officer, I was having a, um, a talk with him yesterday, and he calls it incidental training, where you don't realize when you're practicing yoga that you're also practicing the mechanical advantage for defensive tactics, you know? So right. um, there was so much of that job specific application that I began to layer that into our training. So it wasn't just for regulation anymore. It was also for enhancing performance. And then all this brain science started to back up everything I was discovering hands on. Right. Um, and so I'm going to pass it on to Eric. Cause this is right where our meeting happened. So I was doing an instructor school at Kansas City Police Department, and there was a captain there from a local fire department who said to me, you should go get your fire instructor one training and certificate because you, you just need to have like a fire department sponsor you to do it. And you already have curriculum and it would just give you a lot more um, or even more, you know, uh, buy-in if you right. have, you know, this certification. So I looked up um, where those certifications or, you know, where that training was happening locally. I saw that it was happening at West Des Moines Fire Department was hosting it. And um, so one of the other departments I was teaching for sponsored me to go to this inst fire instructor one. So it's a bunch of firefighters and me. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and I go through the week long training and it's basically teaching you how to be an instructor, you know? So we all had to present um, something from, you know, how to tie your shoe to whatever, but just practicing presenting. So I presented my yoga stuff, you know, and the guy teaching the class was the training chief for West Des Moines Fire. And he pulled me aside after and he said, would you consider teaching at this department? So I said, yes. And I taught at the department. Um, I taught every shift every single week. And that was Eric's department. And he was a shift and he was one of my students. And so Eric, now you can take it from your point of view as this bitch comes in and starts telling everyone what to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the long and short of it is, is that she was uh, the yoga instructor at our fire department and uh, we have a rule not to date your students in our organization. Uh, and if you do date them, you will marry them. Like if that's the only option because that's, we run a very, very professional organization. We run into issues. Uh, other organizations that have had issues of not, that not being the case. We'll just leave it at that. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> Did you ask her out for tea? No, ah. no, no. So I was actually in my transition away from the fire service and then, but I had worked my entire career very much being around the proactive mental health wellness side of it and trying to do better through peer support, through being a leader in the organization, things like that. And so when I found out about this organization and that there's science behind a proactive training tool, uh, my mind was kind of blown. 
And so, um, as I transitioned out of the fire service, um, our relationship started and that was, uh, the rest is history actually. So, um, as a firefighter being taught this, I'll be honest, I'd never touched a yoga mat before. Uh, that was my very, very first experience of it. It wasn't for me. Uh, but to see that there was a way that you could experience the benefits of it that was exactly for us, uh, was so mm-hmm. profound and powerful. It was, it was amazing. Um, and then now we have traveled the country together for golly, uh, six years, uh, teaching wow. about mental health wellness to cops, firefighters, military personnel, and, uh, are killing it quite frankly. Like we're enjoying it. It's fantastic. And yeah. it's honestly divine timing. I mean, it's by divine timing that we ever met, uh, exactly when we were supposed to meet, um, uh, because there's, there's no reason that Olivia and I met quite frankly. Like when you go back, yeah. Yeah, when you go back and look at like our life stories and our life journeys, um, there's literally like no reason that that isn't that crazy. Other than divine timing. To my point of view, for a second, when I I started each, and you'll learn this in training, that we always start a series of yoga classes with a training demo, meaning like a lecture style. Like this is what we're doing. This is what we're not doing you know, you sit down and talk to them about everything. Otherwise they're going to have all these misconceptions. So during that first presentation for his shift, I was not feeling well. I had like a cold. I was really just like out of it and I couldn't get my computer to work. And so I was like, can anyone help me? And they were like, oh, wait till Brenneman shows up. Wait, his truck's not here yet. Wait till they show up. He's the computer guy. So when he gets there, he, all I know is this man comes up and makes my computer work. And I was like, okay, thank you. And I think we were already dating when I found out that you were the person that did the computer for me. Like, (laughs) that was you. Like, cause I was just like, so like out of it and like behind on my schedule and stuff. So what? that's crazy. It is is a little bit crazy because yeah, because we, yeah, we met long before that conversation started. Uh, But she was like, he's just another, he's another Joe. Uh, and I was like, here we go again, another training thing. (laughs) Then, um, right. Well, and then he asked me after class one time, he said, uh, he said, is, is yoga philosophy similar to stoic philosophy? And I was like, this is not a question I get from a firefighter normally. So he kind of stuck out in that way. And, um, yeah, so we stuck out a couple times, but then we ended up having the whiskey conversation, uh, after class. That did it. Yeah, that did it. So, <laughs> anyway, he there's a, of, uh, there's a lot of country songs about around that exact same thing. So yeah. turns out, but he uh, got him in training. He became a certified yoga instructor, YFR instructor. He's an excellent, excellent teacher. Like honestly, he teaches our training now and um, became president of the organization and my baby daddy. So there you there go. you go. <laughs> we do have a we do have a sweet little girl. Uh, that's that amazing. Is- so. That's an amazing story. I like. I'm, I totally believe you on the like divine timing thing. Um, and just like the way paths cross in general. My fiance actually, he, um, we thought we were strangers when we met, and the way we met is its whole o- other story. But we thought we were strangers, and then like when we started getting into a relationship, turned out that our families had known each other, and there was a picture of us on the back of a horse together what? when we were when we were kids, and we were oh. like. Wait, My. I didn't know you. And you're like, I That's didn't think so I knew cool. you. Well, right? So it's crazy. And so when I say like there's no, by it's crazy. Like there's no reason that we should have met, but yet 
Mm-hmm. Again, like when we started to trace back our history of lives together, we actually figured out that whether you want to believe it or not, that the universe was trying to actually get it to get us to run into each other multiple <gasps> times over the course of history. Yes. And so we were actually literally in the same room when she was a tour, she was touring for a Broadway show of producers uh, and my then college roommate and I went to see the show oh, and she feels- was, she was on the stage. Like Olivia was on the stage. We were literally in the same room, like 16, 16 yeah. years ago or so. When I knew that that was me performing and that city on that date. That and then, is incredible. And then, like, and then, like this was a long time ago. Yeah. 20 years ago, almost at this point. And then, uh, fast forward and I was on the fire department by this point and some buddies and I went out to Las Vegas and we ended up staying in a, a hotel that just off the strip and Olivia was in a show in Vegas at this time and she was a, a cocktail waitress at the casino that we were staying in. So like, again, we were there for three days what? and there's high probability that she was one of the cocktail waitresses like on her days off from the show in the same hotel that like we were staying in. So again, like the universe tried to bump us together. What work. the heck? And then had to go through all of that uh, to get us to meet us literally. You guys had to people. meet on a mutual ground. Like there yeah. were so many of these, like, and then it had to have been, it, it, yeah. same thing. I mean, I'll keep, I'll keep it short, but it, it, mine is not as crazy as that. That's quite wild. Um, so Cameron's my fiance and, and he's, he's originally from Dixon too. In small town, you're going to bump into each other. That's why it was so crazy that we didn't know each other. We were like, okay, like, you know, you're from here. Yeah, I'm from here. Um, so what happened was, is I moved away for a little bit when I was a kid and when he was here. And then when I moved back, he actually moved away. And so then there was one year where we were actually here at the same time, or there may have been a little bit more than a year, but there was one year where we would have been in the same place. We went to the same high school. Like we literally went to the same high school and we looked back there. We found a video from like a rally and I zoomed in. I actually found him and I was like, you were there when I got my distinguished scholar award. Like what the heck? And so we had like never crossed paths, like never, you know, met each other. And then it wasn't until after high school, I moved away to Lincoln, which is a a little over an hour away. And he had moved to Vacaville, actually. And so we were nowhere near Dixon. But then a Dixon mutual friend was like, you guys should meet each other. And like, do you know Cameron? Do you know Katrina? And we were like, no, no. And so we met each other. And like, that would have been the time where we start going the opposite way. We're mo- we moved in opposite directions. We're starting to go, you know, opposite ways in life. And like a mutual friend was like, wait, 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 you know? And then, yeah. we- then we finally met. Yeah. It's so yeah. crazy. We had so yeah. many opportunities, but if I had met him any sooner, you know, it wouldn't have been the right time. I had to go through what I needed to go through. He needs to go through what he needs to go through. So when we met, that's when it worked out. Yeah. And we, and we say the same thing, like, there was like we're strong independent people now because of the stuff that we had to go through and that actually makes us a stronger partnership now uh and we look back like man if we would have met in 2006 when we were just babies in the world quite frankly like it would have been it would not have worked and this that was completely completely wrong you need to live your own life learn your own lessons there was a lot of you know hard lessons that each of us had to learn on our own so that we were in the right headspace to come together when we did because you know there's no doubt in my mind that that is my that is my life partner so you know but that would have been a different story if we met you know before those hard lessons so when are you getting married 
He just proposed oh. in December, so oh, I, I don't know. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, he, he caught me by surprise. Oh my gosh, I love it. And what does he do? He's a land surveyor. So he's getting into the mortgage industry as well, but he does land surveying right now. Um, he, I'm trying to pull him more into yoga. Gosh, it would be a dream if he was an instructor. I would have him cover so many classes. Oh um, my gosh, we got, okay, that's the next project. Yep, he's our next project. We have to get him. <laughs> I love it. Because if he says anything like, oh, I'm, I'm not a yoga guy or I don't blah, 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 or whatever, just be like, dude. He loves restorative. Why? He loves restorative yoga. We have he falls version. for the bolsters. We have a version of that in YFFR too. It's called removing the armor. So yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So he'll uh, he'll fit right in. Tell him like this is our his like he's our demographic. You know, a dude. Yep. Assuming he's yeah. Okay. I'm gonna start prepping him. You know, to be on track for getting a part of this program. I've I've so many times I have to drag him kicking and screaming. So I'm like, it's good for you. And then he comes and he's like, that's amazing. Why don't I do that more? I'm like, can you remember oh. this moment right now, right. please? <laughs> drag myself kicking and screaming. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I get it. Well, speaking of that and speaking of getting folks to training, I want to mention for anyone's listening a couple of resources that you can use to sort of launch you into training, whether you're in person or digitally online. Also, by the way, I do want to mention, because I went live yesterday on our Instagram and this was a question that came up. If you are a 200-hour trained instructor, you can still come to the in-person instructor school. It's always going to be the diamond because there's nothing better than just working face-to-face, right? So that is still open for everyone. It's only the bridge course, which is required to have at least a 200-hour trained uh, certificate. So I wanted to make that clear. Okay, so we're going to put this in the show notes. We're also going to put, is there a link to get your book, by the way, Katrina? I found it's on it Amazon. On, I, I can send you the link. I got it. The link to Dixon, and he got the link to your. It's all the compilation of Dixon. Yeah, no, you're, you're doing some work back there. <laughs> I am. It's gonna be in the show no- It'll be in the show notes, so people can go to the show <laughs> notes you guys. to, uh, to get Kat's uh, book. Do you want us to link to Busy Bee or your other uh, marketing company as well? We'd be happy to put those in the show notes as well. But it's up to you. Yeah. I created kind of like a, a catch-all link because I realized I'm kind of um, everywhere. Um, so it's a little hard to be like, here's this and this and this. Um, but hellotherekatrina.com has links to Busy Bee. It has links to Maganda, it has, uh, which is the media company. Um, and it kind of has all the announcements. It has my book on there. Um, so any... Yes, too. We need to have a catch-all. Because Eric and I... On a personal side, we make candles, by the way. We, we make we have a company and, you know, so we have to do our own oh, I love that. Uh, website. Yeah, you need to get like a, at least a link tree. I, I stayed away from link tree just because I was like, I feel like I'm going to change all this all the time. So, right. yeah. yeah. Um, so, folks, if you are, if you do want some more information or more on the approach um, for teaching yoga to first responders. Um, we will also link in the show notes um, a link to our guide. I wrote a little PDF ebook that has the principles of empowering first responders through yoga. So click that link and you can get the guide uh, emailed to you. And is it next week or the week after? So not this, what day is it today? Friday. So it's not, it's not Friday. next week. But the week after, I'm going to be doing a free webinar masterclass. Do you have the date for the webinar? Just because this yes. will air on Thursday. 
Okay. So it will be next, next week. I'm going to tell you when these dates are right now. It is going to be the, oh God. Okay. February 20th, February 22nd and February 28th. And I'd be guessing if I gave you the times now we have the times, but I'm not looking at them right now, but I know it's February 20th, 22nd and 28th times are going to be around like 10 AM, 12 PM, you know, different times on those dates so that everyone has an opportunity to join. And that's kind of going to go deeper into what the PDF um, guide goes into. So that should give everyone a nice little um, launching pad to um, runway to jump into instructor school. So maybe we can get your fiance to join us on those webinars. Yes. I love these master plans. <laughs> Thank you for spending so much time with us. And we really look forward to having you on the team. And I hope that anyone who's listening and can relate to, you know, where you are currently, you know, wanting to kind of move into first responders and want to make sure you're well equipped to do so, um, you know, feel confident after hearing you and, um, and where you're coming from. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. This was amazing. And uh, next time, cocktails. We're doing it. <laughs> I have part two with cocktails, and we should never not tell our guests. You gotta put that in like the mandatory requirements. You gotta. <laughs> the guests, I was like, what? I could have had a cocktail. <laughs> I love next it. Time? Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> no, amazing. Pleasure to meet you. Thank you again for spending so much time with us. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Hey, before we go, I want to remind you that training your mental and physical health is incredibly important, especially for those working in high-stress jobs like first responders. And if you're interested in learning more about Yoga for First Responders, visit yogaforfirstresponders.org for our on-demand training app, online course platform, in-person training, and more like this podcast, subscribe, and give us a great review. We are so happy to have you part of the YFFR mission.